find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Kathy and I are your leadership development uh, experts. We want to be able to help you and your teams perform better. We're going to talk about how you do that. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders. And today we're so excited to have Dr. Martin Seligman. Many of you know who he is, and we want to be able to pick his brain. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, Martin, and then we'll bring him on shortly. He is the founder of Positive Psychology and its leading proponent and practitioner. And he's going to introduce and has introduced revolutionary concepts of what happiness really is in his new book, Flourish, which we're going to talk about. The subtitle, A Visionary New Understanding of Happiness and Well-Being. And it just came out in April. So you're getting it hot off the press um, from the man himself. And in a fascinating evolution of thought, um, Dr. Sullivan now believes that well-being, not happiness, is the topic of positive psychology. Well-being is a richer, more nuanced state in which we cultivate our talents, build deep, lasting relationships, feel pleasure, and contribute meaningfully to the world. In short, we flourish. So while happiness remains a significant aspect of well-being, Dr. Sullivan places special emphasis on meaning and purpose as the most important contributing factors. So today, with Dr. Sullivan, we'll discuss some of the topics in his newest book, Flourish, which revises and expands upon conclusions found in his New York Times bestseller, Authentic Happiness. So building on his decades of pioneering work on optimism, motivation, character, uh, and he has written a highly accessible and it's very interactive about what happiness and well-being mean, where they belong in psychology, and why happiness is not a goal in and of itself, but it's a bigger part of a bigger vision of what life is about. And I know Kathy is, is jumping off her seat, kind of being excited about this. And let me tell you about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, uh, my co-host. Kathy coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit work strategies. Named the first lady of happiness by uh, ABC TV, Dr. Greenberg has authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions of lives and is a much-demand speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She's the founder of H2C, 
and it stands for Happy Companies, Happy People. Kathy actively supports research on the subject while offering friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and at home and on her ABC show, The Morning Blend. And she has a new web TV show, Your Happiness Now. You can visit her at www.h2cleadership.com. There's free downloads and access to your true talents for lifelong satisfaction and performance. And so, Kathy, I know you've been holding your breath, but welcome to the show. Thanks, Riley. It is very exciting to have Martin Seligman with us today talking about his new book, Flourish. And uh, before we get to that, I, I would like to talk to you, Riley, a little bit about the new developments in leadership. And for those of you who are regulars on our show, you know who Dr. Riley Nadler is. But for those of you who are newcomers, let me just tell you that Dr. Riley Nadler is a master level, level certified executive coach. And I, I kind of stutter on the words master level certified because there are only about 700 MCC certified executive coaches in the world. And Nelly uh, Relly is one of them. And you can see I'm so excited. I'm tongue-tied about today's show. Uh, Relly is a psychologist. He's a corporate leadership and a team trainer. And Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to, of course, all of his keynotes, his consulting, his coaching, and his development programs. And Relly is most known for his newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, which provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and hopefully in your organization. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com. Also, for free downloads, to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. So, Riley, I want to talk a little bit about leadership development news and some of the, I, I guess, some of the gaps that we're starting to see between skilled leaders and trained leaders who are available for the new jobs that we are promised that we will be getting now that we're coming out of this recession. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Sure, Kathy. I'm gonna, uh, I'll keep this brief so we can bring on Martin. But so one of the things that's interesting, what you're saying is, uh, in, a, in a study, 40% of organizations say they will be experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled or trained leaders available for new jobs. And I think when you talk about that gap, you know, one, it's a gap of actual leaders. It's also a gap of folks who have emotional intelligence or what we'll be talking about today uh, is resilience, uh, you know, as, as one of the key competencies. So not only are we losing people through uh, baby boomers retiring, but we're also losing um, kind of the brain drain, people with emotional intelligence. And so all the things that we're going to talk about with Martin through optimism, resiliency, happiness, emotional intelligence, these are all the key skills that many leaders uh, don't have. And, and we also know the younger leaders coming into the organization, the Gen Ys, Gen X, because of technology, have even less of some of these skills for every hour that they're looking at a screen or their telephone, it's not an hour, that they're interacting with people, practicing these skills. And we'll get Dr. Sullivan to talk about his, his formula for achievement, which a lot of this is around practice and effort. And the other reason that we talk about so much about this, Kathy, on Leadership Development News, we know that the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. 
you know, emotions are contagious. The most contagious person is the leader. So they have so much influence, and that's why the aspects of emotional intelligence, happiness, resiliency, positive psychology can allow them to enhance their influence. And then maybe, Kathy, before we move on, you could tell us a little bit about, you know, what you found about the happiness uh, set point. Well, you know, set point is a, a very easy way to talk about the science of happiness because it gives us kind of a, a grounding. Uh, and you and I both know that when you can name something, uh, you can tame it. But, you know, in every one of our shows, we try to talk about leadership-friendly shortcuts that help people raise their performance and their team's effectiveness, um, like uh, interviews with, uh, with Dr. Seligman. But we know that um, happiness, and I know we're changing from the word happiness to well-being, but that happiness does have a, a set point, like weight or hair color. Uh, and the best news is that about 40% of someone's set point is influenced by your habits and your behavior. So there's a lot of choice around how that set point can be increased, which gives us all a great optimistic outlook on the possibilities for using positive psychology and leadership development. And um, if you want to learn more about how to use some of these simple habits, all you need to do is visit us at excelinstitute.com. That's X-C-E-L, which stands for the um, new program that Riley and I are doing on excellence and coaching for executive leaders, and we'll help you access your best leadership and hopefully your best performance ever. So, um, really, I'm going to go ahead sure. and bring on our guest, but uh, Martin, I hope I don't embarrass you. I just want to say a few things about you before we bring you on. Sometimes uh, uh, the introduction seems to be half the radio show, but I'll try to cut it short, although it's hard with, uh, with Marty Seligman. You know, a kidney transplant surgeon, a public health advisor for the CDC, an orthodontist, a nurse educator, the managing director of Credit Suisse, a former Catholic priest, a UN civilian peacekeeper in the Sudan, and a professional comedian walked into, well, a profoundly life-changing experience. These were the first students to attend the now world-famous MAP program, Masters in Applied Positive Psychology, which Dr. Seligman founded at the University of Pennsylvania. Now with over 150 graduates to date, the program is just celebrating its fifth anniversary. Martin E.P. Seligman works on subjects across psychology, including positive psychology, learned helplessness, depression, and most notably on optimism and pessimism. He is currently Zellerbach Family Professor of Psychology and Director of the Positive Psychology Center at the University of Pennsylvania. And Seligman is the former president of the American Psychological Association. Since 2000, his main mission has been to promote the field of positive psychology, which is a discipline including the study of positive emotion, positive character traits, and positive institutions. And as the science behind these becomes more firmly grounded, Dr. Seligman is now turning his attention to training positive psychologists through programs like MAP, whose practice will make the world a happier place, a better place, in a way that parallels clinical psychologists, unfortunately, having made the world a less unhappy place. 
His work has been supported by the National Institute of Mental Health, the National Science Foundation, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and the Templeton Foundation. And he is well-known in both academic and clinical circles. And he is, of course, a best-selling author. His books have been translated into more than 20 languages, and he's been a bestseller both in America and abroad. He's obviously been uh, featured on the front page of the New York Times, uh, Time Magazine, Newsweek, U.S. News and World Report, Reader's Digest, Red Book, Parents, Fortune, I could go on, not to mention TV and media appearances. His work includes over 20 books and 200 articles on motivation and personality. Among his best-known works are Learned Optimism, What You Can Change and What You Can't. And, of course, he is so well-known for so much of his work, but we, we know him most as the founding father of positive psychology from his groundbreaking work, now, of course, that we've all read, published as Authentic Happiness, and now his latest work on the subject called Flourish. It's no coincidence that Dr. Seligman, a founding father himself, lives in Philadelphia, and he is one of the most famous uh, founding fathers of positive psychology among the other numerous famous founding fathers in our nation. Uh, the goal of positive psychology, <clears throat> excuse me, and well-being theory, he says, is to increase the amount of flourishing in your own life and on the planet. So with that introduction, Dr. Martin Seligman, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Thank you, really. Well, you're... So I, I want to ask you a, a bit of a personal question first, if I may. Um, we try to keep the program conversational, but we love to ask all of our guests, who have been the most influential people in your life, and how have they shaped your work to date? I, I've been asked a few times about mentors, and I don't believe in the notion of mentorship. I, I believe there are junction forks in life in which people give us advice that puts us on one fork rather than another. And there have been three forks in my life in which I got my three best pieces of advice. So the first one occurred in my senior year at college, and in this case it was Robert Nozick who went on to become uh, one of America's greatest philosophers. He was a 24-year-old at the time, and I was a 20-year-old. And uh, this was in April of my senior year at college, and there were three things I was contemplating doing. Uh, one was doing what I did, become a psychologist. The second was becoming a philosopher, and I had a fellowship to Oxford. And the third was becoming a professional bridge player. So I went to Bob and asked him what I should do. And he gave me the cruelest and, I think, best advice I ever had. He looked at me and he said, Marty, philosophy is good preparation for doing something else. And uh, indeed, uh, that uh, both communicated to me that he didn't think I was quite up to, the, up to snuff in philosophy and uh, put me on a path that I, was, I think was better at. So Bob was the first. The second was Aaron Beck. About, this would have been about six or seven years later. So I was at the University of Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, Tim Beck had been a, a friend of mine and someone who had given me advice and someone I worked with. He's uh, 90 years old uh, uh, next month, I think. We still have 
Kelly and Cones. And uh, I was an experimental psychologist at the time doing experiments with animals on learned helplessness. And Tim said to me, you know, Marty, if you continue to be an experimental psychologist, you're going to waste your life. And I choked on my grilled Reuben, and uh, that was the fork that put me onto the kind of psychology I do now. And then the third best piece of advice I ever had was from Richard Pine, who has been my my literary agent for the last 20 years and a very close friend. Uh, uh, people, I was told 20 years ago, killed to get into his office, and I went into his office uh, in New York. And uh, he said to me, uh, you know, Dr. Seligman, it's not pessimism you work on, it's optimism that you're working on, and people make religions out of that. I pray you'll write a book for the general public on optimism. So, Kathy, those were the three turning points, the three forks in my career, and the three sets best advice I've ever had, or the best advice that I've taken that I've ever had. That's outstanding, and of course, you know, Richard uh, worked with Dan and I on our book, so it's a small world that we all seem to bump into each other over and over for good reasons. Yeah, did Richard give you any advice like that that changed the course of what you and Dan were up to? Absolutely, he did. What, he what did. did he tell you? Um, well, he seemed to believe that uh, we should focus really on the women's aspects of happiness because he said men just don't read self-help books. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's where I have focused for the last several years, but now um, we're very excited to uh, to move into new areas, both of us. So um, I'm going to turn this over to Relly for a minute. and. Yeah. Well, I, think I know you're dying place. to ask a question there, really. Well, I think we're at the place to take our first break. And this is the Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Sullivan. We'll get into the contents about his book, Flirt, uh, as soon as we come right back. So stay with us. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. 
Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a great discussion with Dr. Martin Seligman about his brand new book, Flourish, A Visionary New Understanding of Happiness and Well-Being. And before we went to break, we were uh, talking about people who influenced you and where you are now in your career. And, um, really, I think you wanted to ask Marty about um, therapy practices. Yes. Uh, So during the break, Marty, we were talking about this. You know, I'm a psychologist and, and had one class in my doctoral program on the healthy personality and I just wanted to ask you kind of where you have uh, transcended maybe some of the drawbacks you see in therapy and then moving into the, the work of positive psychology and then uh, the aspect of that you talk about in Flourish, PERMA. Well, well, really, I've been a therapist most of my life. And, in fact, I was president of the largest labor union of therapists in the world, the American Psychological Association. But I have to say I've got my reservations about therapy as we know it. Um, the dirty little secret of both clinical psychology and biological psychiatry is that they've completely given up the notion of cure. And this comes from uh, managed care and drugs. And in fact, the entire psychopharmacopoeia and almost everything in modern clinical therapy is cosmetic. There There are two kinds of drugs. There are cosmetic drugs like quinine for malaria, in which if you uh, take it, uh, it relieves the symptoms, but as soon as you go off it, you're back with fever and malaria. Uh, And then there are curative drugs like antibiotics, in which uh, the bacteria are actually (coughs) uh, killed by the antibiotic. 
every drug in the psychopharmacopoeia is palliative. That is, once you stop taking them, you're back at square one. Now, the way I look, I've, I've written five editions of Abnormal Psychology textbook over 25 years, and I was astonished that from the first year to the 25th year, we were at a 65% barrier for virtually every form of psychopathology and every therapy, which is to say, no matter how you slice things, 65% of people or 65% of symptoms get relieved versus about 40 to 50% placebo. This is true pretty much of every psychotherapy and every drug with only two exceptions. Now the question is, why is there a 65% barrier? And some of my psychiatry and clinical friends say, well, we just don't know enough. We haven't yet found the magic drug or the magic therapy. And I don't think that's what's going on here. I think actually it's real, and we've reached the limit at 65% of what therapy, palliative therapy, can achieve. And I think we're missing two things to go above the 65% barrier. So, really, let me say what I think the two things are. Sure. First, I call deal with it. And uh, uh, to explain that, I have to say how snipers are trained. I'm, I'm not endorsing sniping here. I'm talking about how you, you train a sniper. turns out that if, if you're going to be a sniper, it takes, on the average, about 24 hours to get into position and about 24 to 36 hours before you get your shot off. And what that means is that when you shoot, you're dead tired. The question is, how do you train, how do you train a sniper? And uh, if you gave it to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they might give you a drug to wake up when you have to get your shot off or uh, uh, do some of the wake-up exercises that I know uh, clinically. But that's not how you train a sniper. You train a sniper by keeping them up for three days and having them shoot when they're dead tired. So they learn how to deal with it. That is, they learn how to take the state they're stuck with and perform beautifully. And one of the things we don't do in therapy, and we should, if you're dealing with a depressed or an anxious or an angry patient, is to say, you know, 50% of that turns out to be genetic. And even though I've got a bunch of tricks that I can teach you to mitigate depression, the chances are, you know, two out of three days you're going to wake up feeling sad. So what I really need to teach you is how to deal with it. That is, how to accept the fact that you're going to feel sad a lot of your life, but still function beautifully. So that's one of the two reasons, hmm. the ways of getting above the 65% barrier, teaching people how to deal with what they're stuck with. And the second, really, I think is uh, positive psychotherapy. That is, therapy ends for the last 120 years when you get rid of the dysphorias, when you get rid of all of her anxiety, all of her anger, all of her sadness, that's when therapy ends. But it turns out that the skills of PERMA, of positive emotion, engagement, good relationships, having meaning in life, having accomplishment are completely different from the skills of not being sad, anxious, or angry. So I think the other thing we need to do to get above the 65% barrier is to teach people how to flourish. Let me and just make Marty, a, a, a comment here. I think 
Um, that's so uh, right on, and we're, we're going to hear more about uh, about that. But just in the in the therapy room, just the difference. Last time, one 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 before I switched to coaching, just asking people about what went well, asking people about what they feel good about, asking people about their strengths. They follow our lead as a therapist, same thing as a leader. So the power of the questions, and, and I'm sure you've seen it over and over, I have, just they feel you can see the energy go up as, as you choose to talk about what's positive, you know, their relationships, what they feel engaged about. It's, it's just bizarre that therapy had the idea if you get people talking about what they're worst at, right. what they're most efficient at, that that's a good way of making rapport. Well, the best way of making rapport is to get people talking about what they're really good at and what they're proud of and how they can project it further into their life. And that's a premise of positive psychology. And when you were using the words uh, positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning and purpose, and accomplishment, Marty, these are the, the five measurable elements that come out of your book. Could you talk about those a little bit and why you've chosen those specific words. When I, when I first started to think about happiness, um, I wrote a book, Authentic Happiness, in which I said that uh, life satisfaction was the final common path of everything we chose to do, and that happiness was a good measure. And I became convinced over the last decade, and this is the reason I wrote my new book, Flourish, that that really didn't work, that happiness was not the final common path that it was problematic. I and mean, if you wanted to know what free people choose to do, happiness is one of the five things we choose to do. But we also choose, and I call that P, positive emotion. We also choose engagement. We choose things in which time stops for us, and we feel nothing at all except one with the music. We choose R. We choose to have relationships even if they don't bring happiness and they don't bring engagement. We choose to have meaning and purpose in life, even if it gets in the way of the others. Mother Teresa, for example, was a grouchy curmudgeon who no one would have said was happy, but she led her life around meaning. And human beings choose to accomplish, choose to have mastery, choose to achieve. So PERMA, P-E-R-M-A, is my uh, first approximation to what free people choose to do now. And I think it does better than the monism of happiness. And so it's interesting that you're using that, you know, I think you said a couple times, free people, what we choose to do. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that and how that, how that ties in. Well, I, I think what we're after in positive psychology is not necessarily emotion, not the smiley face, but given that you're non-oppressed and given that you have relatively free choice, what are the categories of things that attract you? One of them is indeed to feel good, but IRMA, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment, for me is even more of the bottom line than choosing to be happy. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a fascinating way of looking at this, and it makes so much sense um, and I think that the word happiness has been somewhat abused and overused, but I think the words flourish and well-being mm-hmm. have a sense of satisfaction and a, a, and a tremendous sense of accomplishment around them. Uh, I want to just talk a little bit about the work uh, that you've recently done 
uh, in fact, where I met you, uh, Martin, uh, with uh, General uh, Corelli, talking about these wonderful contributions that you've made to the well-being of troops and this post-traumatic growth. Can you talk a little bit about your work in that area? About three years ago, Kathy, uh, George Casey, who was chief of staff of the Army, called me to the Pentagon and said uh, the entire general staff was there. He said post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, divorce, suicide, drug addiction, anxiety. What does positive psychology say about that, Dr. Seligman? And what I said to General Casey was that people's reaction to extreme adversity, like combat, is Gaussian, that is bell-shaped. And on the left-hand side of the bell, you've got people who fall apart. And you just named the ways we call falling apart. But in the great middle, you've got people who are resilient. And what resilience means uh, is people who go through a very hard time in combat or divorce or lawsuit, and uh, three months later are, by all our psychological measures, back where they were. That's the great majority of people. And then on the right-hand side of the bell, you've got the people of whom Nietzsche said, if it doesn't kill me, it makes me stronger. And those are people who very often go through very tough times in combat. Uh, but a year later, by all of our psychological and physical measures, they're stronger than they were. So my advice, sir, is to, to continue to spend the 5 to $10 billion a year on post-traumatic stress disorder that you're spending. But the Army is not a hospital. What you want to do is to move the whole distribution toward post-traumatic growth. And that's the uh, direction that the Army has uh, allocated $150 million to and is moving, as we speak, the entire Army toward post-traumatic growth. And uh, I'll tell you more about that as we go on, Kathy. Fascinating. Now, there is a component of this. Uh, it is an actual fitness program, a comprehensive soldier's fitness program. And you have a global assessment tool, the GAT. Can you tell us a little bit about what that encompasses and what that is focusing on? Uh, yes, let me tell you what the components of comprehensive soldier fitness are. So at that point in the meeting, uh, General Casey, unlike uh, what Kathy and Relly and I do all day in life, try to convince people to do what you want them to do. General Casey actually ordered that from that moment forward, uh, the, he would create an army that was just as psychologically fit as physically fit, and from that day forward, that uh, resilience and positive psychology would be measured and taught throughout the entire United States Army. So uh, under General Rhonda Cornum, uh, who's the general in charge of comprehensive soldier fitness, three programs were instituted and we worked on over the last three years. The first was the GAT, the General Assessment Tool, and that's the question of measuring how soldiers are doing. Now, the Army does numbers very well, and for the most part, what people have measured is the downside of things, risk factors and what's wrong. But we wanted to create a measure of the fitnesses. So the GAT, which now one million soldiers have taken and have to take once a year for their entire Army career, measures emotional fitness, social fitness, family fitness, and spiritual fitness. So the first component of comprehensive soldier fitness is to get a picture of the entire army. Can we, um, 
just take a break here because we have to we have to go to break. So we got we got the first one is Gap. We'll have you talk more about that, and then uh, we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, and we're having a lovely conversation with Martin Seligman, who's the author of Flourish, A Visionary New Understanding of Happiness and Well-Being. Um, Marty, when we went to break, you were explaining the program that you've been doing for the Army, and you had started to tell us about the uh, assessment tool that focuses on more positive attributes, including emotional fitness, social fitness, family fitness, and I think you were getting ready to talk a little bit about spiritual fitness and the course itself. 
Right. So I, I can give you the first results. We've uh, not published them yet of the GAD. Uh, so we've been looking at uh, both negatives and positives. So when we look at the question of suicide, uh, suicide, as you know, really, and Kathy, is, is a mess uh, as far as science goes, because no one's ever had a lot of suicides that took the same test. Mm. Well, we had 84 suicides last year, all of whom had taken the GAD. So we find that we can actually predict who's going to kill themselves. And just a, a key to this is being at the very bottom of meaning in life is a huge predictor of risk for suicide. And then on the positive side of life, we take all, uh, as you know, when you're a colonel, you're up for promotion to brigadier general. And only about 33 of the colonels become 1,200 colonels become brigadier generals. And we're able to find robustly from the GAT that the colonels who score the highest in our positive fitnesses are the uh, ones who make it to uh, brigadier general. So the GAT is proving to be a, a highly predictive tool, both on the negative side of life and on the very high leadership accomplishment part of life. I'm writing down these statistics because this is very, very exciting. So, so Kathy, you're going you're gonna to use that in your next session today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the thing that I'm interested in is of the 84 people who took the GAT, you said that they were in the bottom category of finding meaning in life. Is that what I heard you say? Well, there were a million people who took the GAT. Mm -hmm. 84 killed themselves. 750,000 did not. So we're able to contrast the 84 to the 750,000. No one has ever had data like that before. Right. And we're able to ask, in the bottom part of the GAT, can we predict who's going to kill themselves? And the answer is yes, uh, statistically. And one of the keys to it is having, being at the very bottom of meaning and purpose in life. That really makes, and it really makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense, just intuitive. You know what we know about suicide. It's usually, usually there's no other choice that they think about, at least from the, the research and stuff. So that makes a lot of sense. There's no, there's no meaning for them to keep moving. And on the other side of life, which is what Kathy's working on today, we ask the question: Who is picked for the really highly dangerous, courageous missions? And again, very large samples. We're finding it's the people who score at the very top of the fitnesses who are the people that are selected by their commanders to go off on missions that require daring and courage. And, and what would you say some of those top uh, component predictors might be on the, on the test? Well, so what we're after is emotional fitness, what your strengths are, spiritual fitness, family fitness, and social fitness. So these are, these are, and these break down into many subcategories. Sure. So I can't tell you more at the moment about the particular subcategories, but because we've got one million soldiers and huge amount of data, what we've got is uh, uh, a database that is starting to give us uh, massive prediction, both of the bottom side of life and, very interestingly, of the top side of performance. Now, one of the things that um, that... General Corrali recently said was we should not talk about post-traumatic stress as either a syndrome or a dysfunction because it's preventable. What do you think about that? 
Well, uh, I'm interested in the question of preventing it. I, I, I think uh, General Corelli may be a little optimistic here, but I can give you the second big piece of data. Again, we haven't published it. So the other major component, Kathy, of what we're doing is called master resilience training. And I'll just tell you the story of that. So in the first meeting, General Casey said, you know, Dr. Seligman, we've read your stuff on schools, and we see that you train teachers the skills of positive psychology and resilience, and then you measure their students for the next couple of years, and you find that when you train the teachers, the students for the next couple of years are less depressed and less anxious. Well, that's the Army model, because we've got 40,000 teachers in the Army. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah, we've got 40,000 drill sergeants. So your job, Dr. Seligman, will be to see to it that the drill sergeants are all trained in positive psychology and resilience. So for the last two and a half years, uh, every month, 180 drill sergeants come to the University of Pennsylvania, and we teach them in an eight-day course how to teach resilience and positive psychology, and we look at how their troops are doing. So we've got, Kathy, the very first data from Korea now. So uh, we sent a mobile unit of 20 of our teachers to Korea. They trained the drill sergeants in Korea, and then for the last year, as new soldiers come to Korea, they've been measuring suicide, suicidal gestures, and suicidal ideation. And what we find is that in the group that has been trained in positive psychology and resilience, only 15% of the suicidal material occurs. In the group that has not got the training, 85% of the suicidal material. So the very first data we have supports what General Corelli says. Suicide is the, the tip of the iceberg of demoralization where post-traumatic stress disorder, divorce, substance abuse, felonies are up the iceberg. So on the very worst one of all, suicide, we're finding that uh, training prevents it. That's, that's amazing. That's a huge stat. And when you're saying... Uh suicidal material i mean i i would think that's just depressed thoughts not ha- being low on meeting in life um, not having a lot of choices there are three three categories of suicidal material one killing yourself two trying to kill yourself and three intending to kill yourself so when we take those three categories uh, that is greatly put predominant if you haven't had the training if your drill sergeant has given you resilience training, uh, only 15% uh, of the entire group has is in any of those three counts. Only 15% of all of that that occurs, occurs in this soldiers who have had the training. That's Maybe. phenomenal. That is a huge accomplishment. And you also used the word post-traumatic growth. That is so motivating. So um, I'm hopeful that when we come back from this break, we can talk a little bit more about that and also um, some more about other aspects of the book that you can share with us. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, What Happy Working mothersknow.com or for distinctive learning practical solutions and proven results for your business visit kathy greenberg at h2cleadership.com that's h2cleadership.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Martin Seligman, uh, New book, Flourish, and Martin. Just before the break, we're getting into one of the, I guess, the, requ- the one of the key required courses that people take is the Master Resilience uh, Training. And you were just starting to talk about the components, you know, building mental toughness, building signature strength, and building strong relationships. Maybe you can kind of walk us through some of those dynamics. In uh, it's a train the trainer course, so this is training the leaders, and the leaders do the teaching. It's got three components over nine days. So the first component is mental toughness. And in mental toughness, what we teach people to do essentially is to recognize the most catastrophic thoughts that they say to themselves when adversity occurs and then how to argue against them, how to be more realistic about setbacks. That's mental toughness. The second part of the course is signature strengths. So we teach people to 
recognize and use and then construct teams using signature strengths. And by the way, uh, really, your listeners can all take the signature strengths test for free on my website, which is authentichappinessoneword.org. Uh, about a million and a half people have taken it, and the whole army has taken it. And so we teach people first to recognize their signature strengths, how to use them more themselves, and how to teach how to find them in others and construct teams around them. And this, importantly, is a cultural change for the Army. So as you probably know, what drill sergeants traditionally do is find out what's wrong with you and work on your weaknesses. We're now changing drill sergeants so they recognize what you're good at and you use that more. And then the third part of the course uh, is... uh, I think what Kathy would call leadership. I'm not a great believer in leadership. I believe in followership. But we teach people the social skills of leadership and followership. So we teach people, for example, uh, what do you do when you, someone you love or someone in your uh, platoon comes to you with good news? How do you how do you respond to that? So we teach active, constructive responding. So at the end of the nine days. You've got more mental toughness, you know how to identify and use your your highest strengths, and you know uh, the new techniques of leadership that have developed in the last decade. Well, one of the things I know in your book, you talk about Dr. Shelley Gable, who's out here in Santa Barbara, uh, where I live. We're having our speak at the uh, College of Executive Coaching, a place where I'm on the faculty, um, just about, I know, uh, as far as the communication aspect. So you've really brought together the experts in in all different areas, um, so it would be interesting how you selected them because I know you have Barbara Fredrickson, you have you know some key people in each of the areas who brought their expertise. Well, Shelley's been a, a major contributor to positive psychology. Her discovery, and it really was a discovery, was when when I trained people traditionally to do marriage counseling with couples, you teach them how to fight better. Uh, so what you're trying to do essentially is to take uh, insufferable marriages and make them barely tolerable. But what Shelley discovered was that instead of looking at how people fight, if you look at how they celebrate together, and if uh, your spouse comes home and she's been promoted at work, what do you say to her? Mm. And uh, uh, if you divide what you can say into active, passive, constructive, destructive, most people say passive, constructive. Congratulations, dear well done. Some people say active destructive. You know what tax bracket that's going to put us into? Uh, Many people, the drill sergeants, say passive destructive, which is what's for dinner, dear. And the only thing that works, that builds marriages, builds loyalty, builds team, is active constructive. And this is Shelley's discovery, which is, you know, I've been reading your... uh, reports to the company for the last three months, and that report you wrote on the pension plan is the best single fiscal report I've read in my 25 years of work. Now, relive the experience, the experience, exactly what did your boss say to you, and where did he say it? So this long script in which you're active and constructive when people bring you good news decreases divorce, increases loyalty, increases love and relationships. And so Shelley's made a major contribution to the field of leadership. 
And Martin, as you were just talking, you said that drill sergeants focus on passive destructive. Can you give us an example of what that sounds like? Well, I, I can actually sum up the whole program and what drill sergeant. When we, when we created the program for the 40,000 drill sergeants, I was worried touchy-feely, girly, psychobabble would be the reaction to this. Right. Yeah. And uh, uh, recently, uh, after we had talked at active constructive to the drill sergeants, one of them came up to me over breakfast the next day and said he had been talking to his son the night before, an 11-year-old who had done something good in Little League. And after five minutes, his son said to him, Daddy, is this really you? That's what the, the program does. I think it changes the way that our drill sergeants not only react to the troops, find out what's wrong and correct it, as opposed to find out what's right and build it, but how they react with their wives and families. So we're after not only building a stronger army, but building stronger army families. Beautiful. Well, Martin, we're at the end of our hour. We want to make sure people know how to get uh, in touch with you. So um, you want to say again the, the website and how people uh, the, the uh, anything about that? I know you got a lot of yeah. Well, on no, that. I'm 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 always on email, and my email is real easy. I'm Marty, M A R T Y, at APA. dot org, American Psychological Association. APA. dot org. APA. dot org, and the website that has all the tests of resilience on it. They're all free. Is www. dot authentic happiness one word. dot org. Outstanding. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Kathy. This has been Leadership Development News. Tune in again next week. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Raleigh. You're welcome. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.